I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Folks, gotta eat. It was true in 2045 BC, and it's true today in the year of our Lord, 2045. It's really necessary for the rat to be at the meeting. He is part of this team as much as me. Yeah. We're hard as fuck. I am in hell. I am in absolute hell. So you're just going to walk out into the open in front of Wait, are you moving? Oh my God. (laughs) Is that what you're doing? I mean. Good morning, Sprocket. Does it kind of like pixelate out? Like Like Tron? Of course. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The coolest iteration of it you can imagine is how it works. Come out with your hands up. Can you tell him to fuck off? Our friend tells you to fuck off. Which is to say, no, sorry. But maybe you might be able to give me a counter off. I'm scared by grenades. Ugh, grenades. It's a, it's a justified fear. Yeah. Brain dance like that fetches a tidy price these days. Who needs sex, right? Right. Yes, uh, we all know what sex is like. Jeez. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, no. Lapses to her knees. Oh, my God. Fine. Say it. And his Daedalus appears in the swivel chair, or at least the image of him does. He looks up at you and says, Fuck. Ain't that sweet. I'm going to kill you after this. Real coffee. Real Jake. Kabuki masked version of Rach Bartmoss himself. Holy shit. It's a rabbit. Holy shit. Surrender now and we'll kill you quick, will we? <laughs> what do you think? People's boots are. Drives straight and pure, straight through the glass window. Tell us the story. Tell us the story. You realize you forgot to attach a piece of hardware. On the other side, you just hear. Ah, ah. <laughs> and takes out his sword and points the sword. Babe. You're good, but we're fucking bad. Dosvidanya. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. Fight like fight. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Hey, this is Roll to Cast, and this is Feed the Beast, the post-season scream sheet. We got a lot to scream about, let yeah. me tell you that. So I'm Phil, I am the GM, and with me are... Chris, hello, I'm a player, I play Wax. I am Sean, and I play Spitfire James. Hey, it's Ellen, I played Sprocket Volkov. Hey, so, uh, yeah, this is our little show where we reflect back on the season that's just been, 
talk about some of our favourite things and uh, basically have a little discussion. I mean, don't we all need a little bit of a debrief and just a, a breather after what a, a jam-packed season that was? <laughs> it was? We'll also answer some of your questions. Oh, I we forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions, comments. We sure will. Comments? Comments? It's a question and a comment and yeah, a query. It's like a, cyberpunk, <laughs> it's like a cyberpunk way of saying yeah, comments. Yeah, it's like yeah. totally going to be in the lexicon it's, it's in kind like of, 2045. Like, how long ago did we start recording this? I'm trying to, like, I was trying to remember because we got... We got the book back in uh, May, April, May. We got it a while back. The actual yeah, so physical we, copy. We got the book. I can't remember exactly when we got it, but then I took it. I think it took me two weeks, three, maybe a month to write the campaign. It was, it was crunch time. It was yeah, quick. Yeah. yeah, it was you quick. You were churning them out. Um, yeah, I pumped out the setting in the campaign. I got a bit inspired. And then, yeah, I can't remember exactly when we recorded it. Was, it was fairly early in the year. Well, I... We just came from listening to our final episode of Rollcast Feed the Beast, and uh, I noted that in one of the recordings, Chris is clutching onto a blanket. And I remember because the studio was really, really cold. Right, so it yeah. must oh. have been, which is a- like not what it's like these days. No, no, no right in the middle where where we just saw kind of our first forty degree day of summer. Yeah, we had. Yeah, Give or take. around that. Give around or take. But I do remember like during California. recording, we were all like very bundled up, like <laughs> trudging down the stairs, <laughs> multiple layers, and like had a little blankie for comfort. What is that? Like 12 hours of recording over five days worth? Um, yeah, and we yeah. tend to record in these kind of two hour blocks. Um, and I feel like that's a really good kind of chunk for the sessions. They keeps us keeps us focused and then stops us kind of drifting off into uh, vagary at the end of that concentration period. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun to record, I would say. Uh, we had an absolute blast. As you say, there was a ton of action and, oh, and God, stuff yeah. happened in this. We crammed a lot in, I think. Yeah, a, a, a lot happened. Um, we had a few net runs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we explored largely nearly everything that Red has to offer. Including mm. Fresno. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would have thought, right? It was good to do a game where we had driving as well because, I mean... I think heretofore, all of our seasons have been largely people who can't drive. Uh, Ke- Kevin, Kevin was a master driver. Kevin was a master driver. Was yeah, a master driver, right, that's where he put like all his stats. Do we have a big driving? Uh, in the prologue, yes, because yeah. we got into a major crash. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys managed to. Yeah, in our vampire season, we had some driving. Yeah, yeah. so I, I curated like a moment for our nomad character Sprocket to to shine with their driving. Mm. Um, I, I found a kind of a neat place to kind of slot that in uh, and modded a bit of the rules to add my own sort of encounter to it. But yeah, as you say, we did a bit of a tour of as much of Red as possible. I think, you know, we were very excited to, to get the book and see everything mechanically. We've played 2020, our first season is 2020, and we were just really keen to see what was changed, what was new. And I was really keen to just put as much of that stuff into the game as possible. So we had net running, we had tech upgrading and tech fixing running. on the fl- tech running you know <laughs> fixing stuff on the fly we had uh we had nomads with their uh, both socially there we explored a bit of nomad society yeah. and and also the driving itself i think the only kind of thing we didn't do too much of was kind of melee combat and and martial arts oh, well, thing we kind of the missed melee out. combat we did though made up for it, it wouldn't yeah, you say <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i think what's kind of interesting is uh you know when we start covering things that we did that like little secrets or things that didn't make it into the campaign. Mm. One of them was 
Sprocket's well versed in um in martial arts. Oh yeah, Aikido, yeah. right? Aikido. Yeah. We never got to that. <laughs> never got to that. <laughs> never yeah. got to use it. It's I almost don't... like a game with guns kind of limits your ability to fight hand to hand. Did anyone yeah. else have anything, any stat or anything that didn't particularly get used? No, I got everything out pretty much. <laughs> no <laughs> one had like stock market or economics or whatever it is. No, I, I know mine was um the, the thing that I didn't get to explore, which hell may come up in a uh, sometime in the future, was uh I really wanted to look at cyberpsychosis. I deliberately yeah. decked him out to a point where if he added one more thing, potential for start of depersonalization. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had a, he had an empathy of three. Just yes. yeah. Just what was his initial empathy? Because that has six. a bearing. Yeah, so that has a bit of a. If you look at the rules for cyberpsychosis, your initial empathy has a bearing on on how badly and how quickly you go into cyberpsychosis. Because your original empathy is six. Yes, it's down to three, and you will start to depersonalize. But it's not as bad as someone who starts at empathy two and then starts. Yeah. So those are your sort of maelstrom gangers. They already are low empathy people. They're already kind of uh, uh, brutal and psychotic kind of personalities. And then they start filling themselves with chrome and they sort of lo- very quickly lose what humanity they have. Yeah. But I think what's more interesting is this subtle kind of gradated mm. change, which I think is something that you can look at a character long term. Yeah. I'm kind of okay that it didn't come up for. Um, Spitfire within this campaign. Well, it didn't really like, and and that was like the other thing as well is that there was a, a few things in his backstory that didn't really get touched on. One of them really was like grammar uh, yeah. herself, which was his grammar. Yeah, I thought you said Gram- grammar. Well, that's her, <laughs> his that's grammar her was a trash. Yeah. Oh, right, right. It's grammar. Yeah, yeah right, right. Um, like and an American, an American accent. Grammar was grammar. mentioned once. Yes, and yeah. it was never seen, which is great. Yeah. I also wonder if the um, reuniting of Spitfire and Jane kind of helped you know spitfire yeah. with that kind of empathy because i like his detachment from society makes total sense with you know his parents being corpse and having to scavenge and then losing the the person who means so much to him and then he kind of becomes this little recluse who just kind of talks to tech and then th- this beautiful moment of reuniting with his loved one i'm like no. If I just kind of slowly turns to look at Wax, his eyes are just wide. And then you hear a female voice, James, and you see a woman come out from the shadows. Z-Man's like, the fuck are you? Oh, shit. No. Z-Man comes out from the shadows and they, a gruff, older fella with roughly hewn stubble, graying stubble around his face, And from what you can tell so far, a seriously underdeveloped sense of humour approaches the top of the ramp. With him, a woman with jet black hair, which is slowly lightening to a red, which is intensifying over the next few minutes. To the shade, very similar to the one that Spitfire likes to wear. That was actually my favorite moment of the entire really? series oh. right? because it's something that sneaky phil he 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 made it appear as because I, I went oh i just I, I don't know if you'll get a chance to use it <laughs> yeah, or if you, but i've got Lovely this i've got this character and and this is the backstory and he's like oh well you know like th- that's really cool it's always good for you, we, us to have that i can't promise it'll be in you know because i've got things sorted and then motherfucker it was like right there as soon as we <laughs> went to the hot zone i'm like ah you got me gotcha, gotcha. you sly dog that was such a wonderful moment especially like how much detail you managed to to cram in with you don't you don't need a, a declaration of oh my god you're back i i, I loved you i missed you 
the the change of her hair, which is something you can do in cyberpunk, you know, mm. this idea that you can have cha- uh, hair and skin that changes, you know, your mood that, that you know, signifies, oh, my God, they're together at last. It's just oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think I was really aided by Sean giving me a very clear idea about both his character and and his relationship to to this npc and when someone when a player gives you a gift like that it's, it's really stupid not to, not to use it yeah. i think and and that i think because he was so well informed and, and informed me so well when i brought that character in we could quite naturally give them a scene without it being kind of hokey mm. They just sort of come back together and they just sort of find it, find what they have. And I, 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 I was kind of nervous about putting this in because it's quite a light, happy moment, right? And it's not something you necessarily associate with cyberpunk. Yeah, and also just we haven't done a lot of kind of romantic. Well, because I know we had in 2020, we had, um, we had. It's more uh, of a tryst. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a, there was a tryst. But this is our first, I think, proper romantic storyline in, in terms of like a, a, a partner. Yeah, yeah it's less of back. a burning love than more of a, a partnership, as yeah, you say. Which yeah, was inter- which is something that I was interested in pursuing and seeing kind of how that would turn out. Yeah, it was Can good. we handle love? Well, yeah, because yeah. like Cassie and Amelie, that was more like the thing that got away, the thing that could have been. Yeah. But I noticed like when Jane came back into Spitfire's life, he was so, he had something to lose again. And I don't know, yeah. for me, just like watching you you know, control Spitfire, the stakes were definitely there. Like every combat you were always kind of checking in with Jane. Oh, when I fully she got expected. shot, you were like, oh my God, oh my God. I like- fully expected Phil to kill off Jane. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I wasn't pulling my punches. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, if you, if you, it's like if someone killed shot off Vlad. Shot at her a lot. <laughs> if someone killed off Vlad, I'd walk out of that door right now. <laughs> Thank God you didn't have me as the DM. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's maybe I'm a little too soft on you. No. But I think it's reflective of I think it's a reflective of red that there is there is an opportunity for a little bit more stuff have things that are precious and and good in mm-hmm. your life. But also, as you point out, that means you have you have more to lose, right? And yeah. it just adds a bit more weight, I think, to it. It's less just kind of reckless and freewheeling. It's like, oh, actually, we have something now. Oh shit, we don't want to lose what we have. Um, and uh, I kind of move on from what's in there, like mechanically and what we what we use. I think that's a nice way to talk about the world of Red and how we found the setting mm. and how we responded to kind of this whole new reset on the world. Well, that's it, especially, isn't it? It's like how we kind of had to view this game, not only as a game within itself, but coming off, we have played 2020 as well. So we got a very visceral difference and an experience between those two systems Mm. and the two settings. Yeah, I think for Phil, what you're talking about with the setting being very different, um, Red is a, is a necessarily more hopeful game in that there are you can earn and have things. Um, you, you I think uh, the Jumpstart kit starts off with you, you know, defending um, your terrace block, and in that is the implied uh, ability to do that from corpse. Uh, and also the idea that you have left your mark on the world already in some small way. Um, you're not just, you know, edge runners who are trying to get the upper hand, say, in 2020, where you've got kind of nothing to lose and everything to gain and let's burn out in a hot fire. Um, but you are, there's a slight more, I don't know, a, a, a greater sense of um, 
you you need to preserve. Uh, there's hope in this, and and you can get out alive, and you can win. I think for me, the linchpin of it is community. Okay, and that, as you say, you're defending your your apartment block, and you have relationships with the people in it. So when they, when if you read the jumpstart kit, it says like make. You get your players to role play with the other residents of the block. Get them to, to you know, fall in love with them a bit before you then threaten them. And I think, as you say, that's emblematic of what they they want. They want the thing that you have to be this sense of community. Yeah. And I think that's what's not missing in 2020, but that that's uh, everyone feels unanchored. Everybody feels like thrown together by chance. Whereas this is like actually these this is my family and this is this is what I have to fight to protect. Mm. I think like it came together perfectly with us in heaven because it's it's a home. It's a sense of of family and it really kind of gave us all stakes and, and gave us the idea of there's a life here. I know in 2020 it was like <laughs> like the experience was like guns blazing. Like everything you do is I mean it's it's part of the name, right? You're an edge runner. You are on the edge, you are on the precipice. Cyberpunk Red feels like a place where you can put down roots. You but, still yeah, gotta yeah. fight I, for those yeah. roots. I, I I feel like what one thing I and I had to describe this to someone uh, uh the other day, which is 2020, it definitely had that feeling of these are characters that kind of know that they're going to die. Like they know that it's not going to be necessarily the happiest of endings for them. So why not go out in a blaze of glory mm. with two middle fingers in the air? Whereas in red, there's definitely that sense of, oh, it, it, it may actually not be the, the worst case scenario. We have an opportunity to make a mark and still be alive to preserve that. So could be one up from yeah. the worst case what, scenario. What are we going to do? But yeah, I, yeah. I also want to like point out how perfectly they fold into another, you know, the edge runners burnt out because 2020 was, was burning out. Something had to change. And mm. from that kind of birthed cyberpunk red and, and, you know, I, I think both are, are really such interesting games to kind of get into the nitty gritty. You know, it's really fun to play a character who's like, yeah, I am aware that this is the end for me, but what an end I'm going to make it. But then it's also so fun to then have this kind of renewed sense of hope and, and you know, building something that lasts. I think that's a really good point, Ellen, about how the the shift in tone is handled in the kind of the narrative link between the two. So what you have is, as you say, something has to give, right? And and 2020 is 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 burning red hot as the as the corporations you know vie for ever more control and what happens is this fourth corporate war which basically nearly destroys the whole world as these two global corporations fight globally they fight everywhere and then what happens in night city is that someone sets off a nuke downtown so we have this totally blasted city where everyone's had to flee the center everyone's crammed into the suburbs and because the whole world's fucked it's taken what 20 years 20, 25, 25 years, years yeah. Before people even beginning to start to put it back together. So you get this real sense that everything had to kind of blow up for yeah. this opportunity. It's sort of like uh, the forest fire, right? You're raging through. It's California, I guess. Raging through and then new life coming from yeah. mm. from underneath. That's the kind of sense that I get with it. That they the end came, but unexpectedly out of the end, new, new shoots came. Grew up. I know you were talking about the fourth corporate war and kind of how that plays in terms of the law branching 2020 from red. Isn't there another part of uh, the law that kind of factored into one of your favorite moments from the series? Yes. So this is a great way of uh, 
they married both the mechanics and the setting. So one of the reasons we have cool new netring mechanics is because the old re- the old net is totally inaccessible because of these amazingly cool evil AIs called rabbits. <laughs> All I wanted to know, and he hit a button on his deck, yep. and materializing from the feet upwards is a figure in a three-piece suit. What? Glowing incandescently. As its face appears, it is the unmistakable kabuki-masked version of Rach Bartmos himself. Holy shit. It's a rabbit. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That holy is shit. the correct fucking response. As in... Is holy shit. As in the Bart Moss that basically left a whole virus in the net that, that fucked The author it. of the data crash itself. Yep. Holy Here he fuck. is. So every so often, <laughs> as a GM, you write something in your campaign and then you're just like, you're sitting on it. <laughs> And you're just like, mm-hmm, when's this going to come up? How's everyone going to react? Uh, and that was totally that for That's me. five holy shits. Yeah, I know, I know. I couldn't have asked for a better reaction. It was it was fantastic. I, I based a lot of the campaign around the net running because the net running is new. It's a streamlined system. It's, it's uh, as I was saying, they've reworked the mechanics. So you have to be there, right? You have to be there in the net. And that's because... The, the global interconnected net is fucked because of that guy. Uh, Raish Bartmos, he was a master net runner in 2020. And so the, the rumor goes is that someone dropped a rock on him from orbit. And what? His, yeah, that's right. That's the only way they could, like someone located his, like his, you know, his base where he He's lies. Like, out. Yeah, they, like where he yeah, lies yeah, in a yeah. bath connected to the a net. meteorite out. <laughs> dropped a rock on him. Jesus that's, Christ. That's what's said, yeah. And then his kills. Rocks fall, everybody dies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's pretty much what happens, Red, yeah. Um, and, and that releases his kill switch, which releases uh, the rabbits, which are basically pieces of his personality that can burn your brain out in a second. And they're all over the old net. And that's why we can't have nice things anymore. And we're all in localized <laughs> nets. And learning that and reading that and saying, well, I've got a net runner. I'm basing on net runners. Like we've, we've got to have ration here. Yeah. You've got to have a rabbit. Yeah. Um, I, I have his memory. Wasn't there something around that you didn't, the way Chris as wax handled Bart Moss wasn't exactly how you intended, or there was something in the way that he yes. dealt with him that oh. flew against what you'd expected would occur. So I kind of expected him to be like, oh shit, I'm going to get away or <laughs> I'm going to fight back or I'm going to refuse. And you he... didn't expect him to say yes. No, I didn't expect him to say yes. <laughs> really? And at that point, uh, the wings prototype would trigger, protect him and dump him out of the net, right? Oh. And that so would, found and that wings would trigger lot, the message. He found wings a lot later than he yes. should have. So he found out that his deck had a prototype of the program on it, hidden, later than I intended. So the message was triggered by the fact that he, he met Raish at all or met the rabbit at all. But yeah, the hidden the hidden program was something I had to sit on for a bit longer. But that's just emergent gameplay. That's really I cool. I would have never guessed that. I would have never, I mean, like, this is the, the wonderful thing about role-playing, building a story together. But that that moment, that whole scene with the Bartmoss rabbit, the room was so tense. Like, what a wonderful piece of horror that can emerge from from dealings, you know, um, in the net. And, and, you know, we say Red is a hopeful game. It's also terrifying. Yeah, just the description and, oh, my God, yeah. I mean, what if, what if Wax had have 
done what Bart Moss had asked and released him onto the net. Did you account for that? Uh, so <laughs> that's fall, that's, everybody dies. I mean, that's out. That's kind of outside the scope of the game, but it would yeah. have it, it would have long reaching consequences. Yeah, right. yeah, if he'd done that. It would have it would have affected future campaigns that that go on from from this, and mm. it, he has his own unknowable agenda. Yeah, I think Wax becomes the villain then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really expect him to go through with that, um, and I think the rabbit kind of knows that too. He probably knows that you're not that stupid, mm. but like he could maybe use you in some other way. He's very crafty, but right? Yeah, it's, and it's fun of it's fun for him to manipulate you. It's that thing that creates stakes and tension where you have two characters who are completely knowledgeable about the fact that either one of them is looking to dick them over at any given Mm. opportunity but knowing that maybe they will be able to slip up once enough for them to get a good shot in or manipulate how things are played and I think it really speaks to the way that you were playing Wax Chris as well that this is a guy who is cool calm collected and he wants to see how the kind of cards fall Bruh. Bruh. Yeah, it, it, really, <laughs> it, really, it really brought out that aspect of you. Just like, I'm going to stay cool while I shit my pants. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was great. And so, I think the way you guys react and the way uh, the kind of, you talk about the stakes, it doesn't have to be explicitly put out because you rely on something that is really prevalent in the cyberpunk genre, the cyberpunk, this cyberpunk world that RTG have built, and that's reputation. Right, you don't need to explicitly lay out what this guy's capable of. Everybody knows his name, mm. uh, and that is enough from our shared understanding of of uh, the law that the reaction kind of comes naturally from that. And I think that's a really nice kind of uh, thing that comes from having a really rich setting that everyone can kind of share and inhabit. How did everyone feel after the, the campaign's <laughs> over? Well, I mean, I think listening back to it, the uh, yeah, we Woo! we. We uh, <laughs> we listened to the final episode as a as a group before we uh, recorded today. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's that's how I felt. Like I felt like you know what a what a wonderful um, exhalation of of joy of victory of doing something hard, but knowing that there's still so much more to do. Like I remember our finishing moments of 2020, <laughs> which was a, a still an exhalation, but it was more um. Oh, it was very oh. emotional, very fraught. It's the thing that comes with, yeah, you have nothing to lose, and still you lost, lost everything, a, and <laughs> yeah. still you lost a little bit more. Yeah. Um, if you and- haven't listened to our Cyberpunk twenty twenty. Uh, Please do it. Uh, yeah. Campaign. Go listen to it. Yeah. Season one of Rollercast and our Vampire one, which you know, it was this this sense of dread, and and it was kind of coming out of that, but still knowing that. So much is scared. Like so much was- is still out there to to fear. Whereas this was like we got one in. We, yeah. we we did it, and we're coming back home, and it and it felt so joyous. I must be doing badly as a GM. No, <laughs> <laughs> I let them win. <laughs> For Sprocket, especially, you talked about kind of the character. I remember you talked about this off yeah. air with me, like the character growth between where she starts up and where she ends up, and yeah. how that was kind of something that was very integral to your your joy. Yeah, well, because uh, one thing in 2020, we all played kind of. Um, well, you know, your edge runners are kind of on the younger side because. No one lives to a ripe old age. Of 30. Yeah, in (laughs) 2020, especially if you're an edge runner. Maybe if you're a a successful corp and you have your own little... Live in Beaverville. Yeah, Yeah. you have like your own little panic room and everything. And so while we were still playing kind of like younger people, they all felt 
old. They felt like they had all these lived-in experiences. Yeah. Yeah. They were much more gritty. Um, And, like, with the world of Red, I was like, I want to play a teenager. I want to see what growing up in this world would uh, do to a person because, you know, 2020, yeah, you get grizzled. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Real young, real fast. You're I- you either keep up with the world or you get got and you don't make it that far. Whereas Red, you know, there's a sense of hope. There's a sense of excitement, of learning, of even a little bit of naivete can probably foster in this world. And so with Sprocket, I think it was so fun to go from a character who's totally, you know, she's a, ba- she's a badass, but, you know, she's also been a little bit sheltered by um, her family and, and the kind of life they've been living in the circus. Um, and so joining heaven and going from someone who's like, um, no, I, yes, please leave or we'll have to shoot you. Sorry. To then, uh, I think you're about to play it, Sean. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? The the badass that she truly became. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, who am I kidding? Ladies you and get a gentlemen. Damage. You get a spinal damage. This is her moment to be the circus performer she was never quite good at being. Beating people to death yeah. with a sledgehammer. <laughs> if you imagine their head. Oh, oh, oh. What is it? You absolutely destroy the arm that they reach up to <laughs> to defend themselves. They reach up their arm and you just cleave the sledgehammer through their elbow, completely destroying the arm. The snake eyes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you have no arm now. <laughs> Is anyone else worried? <laughs> I wanted to do the melee. <laughs> That's the most terrifying moment of the podcast for me. <laughs> but yeah, it really showed like, no, this has solidified for Sprocket. This is her family and she's ready to fight for you know the people that she's kind of accepted into her life. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't like become like more like cynical or like like dark in that no. way. But she does. She gets her feet under her. Yeah. She talked about early on that that like uh, I asked a couple of questions while we were doing a bit of downtime stuff in heaven, exploring the the kind of faction base. And I'm like, you know, what 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 kind of gets at sprocket what what unnerves her because you were very like you're very just sort of brash and foot front you know best foot forward yeah and it's like well she's actually kind of insecure behind this and mm. she worries that she's not as as cool or or as uh capable as her friends mm. who she regards as being like 
just really with it and really capable. And then by the end, she's like, yeah, I can mix with these guys. This is totally where I, I belong here. Yeah. I belong in this team. Um, and and I can I'm capable of of holding my own and fighting for what I believe in. So it's really good to have her lose her naivete, not to cynicism, but to confidence yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah. She's become a a kind of uh, a little bit of a hero in her own right. Mm. Um, and I think it's something that is still kind of relatable because she's a teenager. Her insecurities come from she's trying to figure out who she is and where she fits in in this whole world. And so I thought that was a, a really fun story to tell that heretofore hadn't really been dealt with in, in you know, the characters I've played. Mm. Is she the youngest role to cast character? Yeah. She yeah, is def- she's 16, not right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> it was cr- I remember we actually didn't realise how young she was until we had the sex conversation. I think it was the sex talk where, yeah, like, yeah. She's, oh, she's not had oh, sex shit. yet. <laughs> or as Phil says, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> She's Very fine. sweet. She doesn't know what she's missing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but she's a she's a sizable sixteen. She ain't no waif. Oh no, she's like built like a there's um there's like a Russian power lifter that I actually be- based her physique on, and this oh, okay. this girl's quite young as well. She's she's not sixteen. She's nineteen, um, but she is big, like right. muscles, like you know. No, maybe not like Arnie, but like she's really, really Ripped. tanked up. And then, she, but she's also got this very young face. And I was mm. like, wow, this is this is the character I want to play. Yeah, it's it's funny because people talk about you know uh, playing against you know type personality wise. <laughs> they talk about hey, uh, I want to do a character that's a bit more further away from me now that I've I've got a few under my belt. But playing someone who's sort of physically different from you can be just as much of a, a challenge or just as much of a sort of interesting departure because how you big you are and how strong you are and and what you're capable of physically really affects the way you interact with the world. Mm. Yeah, Ellen's like what five four. You're 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 short. We've realised that I don't know how to use the. Uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think I'm the only the one that uses the feet and inches scale. Oh, no, yeah. I use it. But if you want to see photos of how tall Ellen is, go to our Instagram page. <laughs> we have a banana it's for not- scale. <laughs> <laughs> It just comes up to my ankle. <laughs> what up? I was going to say, you just half the banana? You... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good segue, but I can't. Hey, Chris. Yo, what is so... <laughs> what's a... What's a... I was like trying to... See, what here's my thing, right? <laughs> I was trying to go by the last word you used, and I was like, how do I use split to... <laughs> Splitting let's, my focus over to Chris split here. Let's off I'm this a- topic. <laughs> well, 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 what is actually a favourite moment from Red that you particularly enjoy that I may or may not have a, a soundbite for? <laughs> I was up all night editing. I don't remember what I sent you last night. <laughs> oh, right. You didn't send me anything. What but, I uh, suggested then. Uh, um, um, <laughs> Hammer. Hammer. Hammer time was a great moment. Loved Hammer time. <laughs> I'll just go play just that play it. Just play it. Just play it. No, in the elevator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Hammer time. She's going to try and smash Absolutely, it. Absolutely. She would smash it. So she's probably just going to use the. Does the butt of a gun count as melee? Use or the sledgehammer, Ellen. Use the, use the sledgehammer. sledgehammer, Ellen. In an elevator? Use the cool. sledgehammer, oh, Ellen. Of course. Of course it can. <laughs> okay. One person's room to swing it. One oh. person's on the ground. Well, I, I think elevator, and I think, you know, an elevator. Close. Yeah, like, so, it's not tiny, tiny. Okay, Use if there's the room to swing it. Oh, right. yeah, I mean, there's five of you. You make everyone stand back. Okay, <laughs> yeah, she, like, runs her hands, feels it, 
kind of looks around and then just like goes both hands to the, her back, pulls out the sledgehammer and then just like... Whoosh, Roll damage. 14 damage. Well, that, that's, that's a start, yeah. <laughs> I think that was also the moment where like was it everyone just everyone passed, passed everyone out. passes out and then yeah. everyone was coming to and then new people were passing out it was it was a fun time we had a lovely comment on our uh, YouTube channel um, uh, where someone has said uh, use the sledgehammer Ellen um, <laughs> by everyone uh, and Ellen is surprised Pikachu, Pikachu face, face yeah. in response <laughs> So um, like, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've 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 listened to the the series because otherwise, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? Go I want to it. start but with this the is, postseason. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But this is uh, one of the traps that are available in the net running section of the book. Uh, there's a bunch of environmental traps that you can attach to the net, and one of them is a sleep gas elevator. And I was like, oh yes, I'm using that because um, you specifically ask us. Do we yes. all go in the elevator? Yeah, yes. that's just, it's one of those situations where you have to very carefully ask your players to clarify something without, without letting the it. glee yeah. come out of, out of your voice that they're about to walk into something. Are you, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Who's going in the elevator? Tell me now. Not uh, you, Gene. So I felt, I felt like uh, maybe the audience can kind of pick it up, but the players certainly didn't, so that was okay. When I listened uh, back to it, I was like, why am I such an idiot? He's yeah. asked us if we're all going in. I should have said no. no. To, yeah, to be fair, didn't... with the same group of people that didn't realise pointing no, to your teeth not. was uh, uh, vampires. So. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were telling the story. You don't get points for That's knowing true. the story you told. <laughs> God, oh yeah, that was such a. I mean, really, who wants uh, um, use the sledgehammer, Ellen Merch? <laughs> but to so me, with, with the Pikachu face, to me, the, the, two, yeah. face. the two shirts from Roll to Cast needs to be just bra, 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 uh, and use the sledgehammer, Ellen. <laughs> so why did you? Why did you pick that particular moment? Um, I, I don't know. It just felt like a really nice out of character moment. Uh, it felt significant. Um, it was just a nice bit of role playing. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I guess that's yeah. that's one thing because a lot of our moments generally come from the the kind of because what we do at Roll to Cast is is we do you know the role playing narrative side, but then you also get a peek of us playing the game, us as people, as players. And so, you know, sometimes there can be really beautiful moments that come out of game because we're all kind of sharing this experience. And that that was a wonderful thing where it's like, <laughs> you're all encouraging me, not Sprocket, to like figure out the scale of an elevator. <laughs> it's also where we realise our differences in perceiving uh, I'm not good with spatial awareness. Well, you could just sh- <laughs> I just I just figured you could shorthand it, right? You don't need a full full overhead. I like swing. the idea, I like nah, the idea that the swing. next day the next day Ellen goes into an elevator with a sledgehammer. Like I was right. I can't swing this. Do this. <laughs> you assholes. But boy, did I try. I, I think it might be good to see what what kind of questions and things have come up from the community. At this They're like, point. why didn't you use Chris the with the mailbag? I have one question. Okay, great. that's great. Uh, great. Well, here's we'll the thing. answer that question. Here's the thing. So uh, four times we we did receive a lovely review. So thank you to the person who um, reviewed us on iTunes. Um, oh. If you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, please do. It helps us a lot. 
Um, it, it signal boosts us in the iTunes community, which means we get seen in front of more people. Um, we did receive a lovely Feed question. Feed the algorithm. Feed the algorithm. <laughs> um, a, a, a person who has been touting us as the best um, podcast they've been listening to, oh, which wow. is very kind. Thank you so much. Oh, asks, they're, they're, they're so correct. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if... Um, they uh, wanted to be identified or not, so I'm not going to uh, in the interest of better. But also you can just like send us a message and be like, yo, it was me. Um, <laughs> anyway, their question is, um, did Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson influence your writing for The Dreamers, Phil? So this this was really interesting. So um, Chris previewed me this question a couple of days ago uh, and I was like, Oh, so the answer is no, but also yes. <laughs> Subliminally. <laughs> what yes, a great that's answer. right. So um, it was like not consciously. It's not something I was directly thinking about when I wrote this. And, and The Diamond Age isn't a book I've thought about for ages. I've never heard of it. But no. it's a book I absolutely fucking adore. I love that book. Uh, and I think it's like one of one of my favorite books I've ever read. And I haven't read it for ages. So uh, Neil Stevenson's probably slightly better known for Snow Crash. I don't know if you've heard of, and it's no. read Snow Crash. Snow Crash is great. It's about a badass pizza delivery driver. His name is Hero Protagonist. <laughs> no shit, that's his actual name. My parents had a good sense of humor. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and yeah, he's he's like a badass delivery driver, like in this like weird dystopian future where if you're like he, he drives this like super powered sports car because if you're like five minutes late on your pizza delivery like that's your pay docked and stuff and it's all about uh this kind of transcendental uh, trip into the into cyberspace eventually is what it becomes about and the diamond age is not quite so crazy it's paired back but it has i think for me it was the earliest kind of speculative uh sci-fi fiction with uh, science fiction fiction with a kind of utopian bent to it, right? So the Diamond Age is about humanity approaching this kind of post-scarcity point where we can like build things out of nanotubes and we can start to make like just consciousnesses and stuff. So it's about this idea that we can leverage technology to make something better for ourselves and not just crawl ever f closer to this dark dystopia. I mean, the world in the Diamond Age isn't perfect, but there is like a, the possibility that we could maybe, you know, reach the Star Trek future. And I think, yes, maybe that was, you know, that has influenced me over the years and my, what, I, what I like about science fiction and speculative fiction. And that would have bled into it as well. There's also a really good aspect that isn't in, in that, which is the... Uh, primer for girls which is in i think it's in the diamond age uh there's a there's like a whole ship of chinese orphans who have been just like <laughs> offshore no 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 keep going no i just i just it just spiled me yeah, i was we, like we, excuse we, me what are you talking we about yeah, 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 yeah. a ship so, of chinese so, orphans yeah so continue and someone like i can't remember how this comes about it's a long time since i read it but someone like is trying to find a way to like educate these these kids and so they make this uh, primer, which is a interactive AI controlled book, which educates you on everything you need to know about life. Oh, I need this. And it reacts to you and teaches you how to oh. self, for everything from like self-defense to like conflict, conflict resolution, everything. Right? That's amazing. So it's, it's really a, cool. It's a better Google. 
Yeah, it's a Google. It's a Google that gives you good answers. Yeah, it's a Google that shapes you as a person, yeah. right? And it's and it's sort of like the young primer for girls or whatever. And I think the idea is that these these Chinese girls have been like they're because they're not the male children yes. they've been sort of yeah. got, gotten rid of, and and this is like gives them a potential start in life to like mm. to make a and That's I awesome. think the AI giving giving people a way forward a better way forward is really cool because I think most of the time in fiction AI is evil and nefarious and it's not something we touched on much but something I've talked with John John about as he might be running a game from heaven um, is that for me the AI in heaven are at least to a, a, a larger degree, benevolent. They're, mm. they're, they're partners in, in the project, which I think it's really cool. We have some lovely reviews, which we've received in the last month, because um, my review counter doesn't go back that far. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it to, go to our Patreon so I can afford to buy the review counter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Incentive. thank you to... Sole reason we have Patreon. Zach, Zach, yo... Zakio. 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 Uh, probably the best is the title of this review. Uh, this is probably the best cyberpunk tabletop role playing game podcast out there. Thank you very much. Aww, thank you. The best. You. Uh, and um, <laughs> at the juncture, the best. Worth, worth mentioning that uh, that's lovely. Thank you. But we're among very esteemed company yes. High Shelf Gaming, Dark Future Dice, uh, John John. Uh, Rob Mulligan, all out there making great cyberpunk yeah. content. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And one and, and one more um, from Pac-Man 11990. Uh, great story podcast. Great podcast to listen to. Uh, great podcast to listen to getting interested cyberpunk, getting interesting cyberpunk stories while waiting for cyberpunk 2077. Interesting to discover tabletop storytelling. Oh, so great. We, we do hope that if you uh, are new to role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, that um, that you go out and buy some or, or get some friends together and play some together. Um, we, we If we can inspire that, that's great. Yeah. 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 And remember, there's all sorts of games out there to tell different kinds of stories. Uh, and that's part of what we do at Rottercast is we play a few more of the uh, esoteric games. Yeah. Bit of we like Sipunk, we- bit of the Vimper. <laughs> Vampire. Vampire. We like uh, we like genre hopping a lot um, because you we know, can't make up our minds. Well, but there's also a whole wealth of role playing games out there to mm. to to discover. And you know, if if this kind of game isn't your thing, well, guess what? There's probably ten games that are your thing. And there's so, at least ten. Yeah, and so hopefully this will spark your your interest um, and and find the game that's that's fun for you. Adventure yeah. adventure awaits. Our, yeah. our, our focus, as 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 that kind of implies, is on the storytelling aspects of games. If if that's your jam, you know, go out there, tell some stories. Yeah, yeah. We had an announcement coming up. Sure, we did. Well, well, well. First of all, I think Phil, you you kind of buried the lead a bit, but we are we are uh, potentially heading uh, more into the land of cyberpunk at least one more time. Yeah, once sure. more into the breach. So. Uh, Red, it's worth mentioning here that Red is out. Uh, it wasn't when we first got it. Red is out and available on RPG. People are starting to get their physical copies now as well. Uh, won't be in Australia until like February, oh but God, whatever. No. Yeah. Uh, I might wait for the reprint, the revisions. But yeah, assuming. bloody kookaburras uh, haven't delivered right. it yet. Uh, but yeah, it's on DriveThruRPG. What that's was how, that? That's how post happens here in Australia. Yeah, Ellen, right. you know it's kangaroos. kangaroos. They have a pouch. <laughs> They have a pound. Well, that's, that's right. why that's it's right. delayed. They couldn't and, get the kangaroos and over. Wombats are just too slow. <laughs> um, and koalas don't give a fuck. Oh, shit. Right, the, free, the free postage is wombat. Oh. Talk about so, our collaboration so, with John so, that's John. That's right. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm saying it's out there now. Go buy it. It's great. It's on drive through opportunity. Get it. But what that means is there's loads more people in the community, right? It's starting to open up a lot. 
and uh, I and we want to be part of that. Uh, so we are going to stay doing red content. So the first thing we're going to do is very shortly we'll be teaming up with John John the Wise, who is an awesome cyberpunk creator. You can find all stuff on YouTube. And he is going to be running a game for us. It's going to be a one or three shot, as far as Ooh, I know. What about a two race? shot? Uh, no. No. <laughs> one, two, three shot. Uh, uh, something like that. Uh, and we will be uh, reprising the little custom setting we have. It will be played out of heaven. And I believe these three will be bringing their characters Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Prutely. No, Wax is dead. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Wax I mean, I didn't kill back. any of them this time. No, you're, so. you're, you're being facts. I'm being facts. Hi, yeah, they all I'm survived, Wax's so. twin brother. Yeah. So Email. John John was He's very evil. John John was like, uh, is it okay? Like, can I kill your characters? Would that fuck things up? Uh, and I think we were all universally like, yeah. Sure, we'll, we'll canonize it. We'll try yeah. not. I like the, the way he phrased it. If, if that's how <laughs> he said it, it's like, you? I'm going to kill them. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I think that was still it. that has to be a that has to be a possibility in in always has always to be, has to be as it's it always. is in life. Yeah, so we're really excited. Uh, it's in the works. Don't have an exact date yet, but we're really excited. I'm really excited to build a character and play in a game of Cyberpunk Red. Uh, with someone else running it, that's going to be really, really fun. We're going to uh, uh, leave it a surprise on who your character's going to be? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, do I have, know. I do have some more projects in the works, Cyberpunk related. I can't quite talk about them yet, but keep Secret an squirrels. eye out. Stay for them. on our Twitter account. Yeah. Go to www.twitter.com slash babybeardmedia or go to Phil's Twitter page, which is at Scruff, at Scruff, S K K R U. It's all in the description of this episode. But go follow us on Twitter to keep up to date with all the new announcements because we won't be able to announce them during the seasons that we that happen. Like we yeah. we won't be able to keep up to date, unfortunately. Yeah, but there are there are things that we uh we can reveal. Mm. Uh, number one is uh what next week's episode, which is uh, is going to be. Which is our our um, interview episode, uh, which we do at the end of every season. We usually talk to a particular creator within the world that we've just explored. Phil, do you want to do you want to reveal the people we will be interviewing? Yeah, we have James Hutt and Cody Pondsmith. So these are two of the writers, creators for Cyberpunk Red, both mechanically and lore wise. So it's going to be really really exciting to get to chat with them. They have been uh, having. Uh, some chats with other creators in the community. So they're obviously really keen to talk to the the fans in the community about their game. And uh, I mean, I just, I'm dying to congrat- congratulate them on an amazing release of, of just this really wicked game and like a great update to this world. Like bring it, bring it into 2020. Mm. But we have from them, 2020. <laughs> we have them both at the same time so we can pit them against each other. Yeah, that's right. So, who's the better writer? Yeah. Which of you wrote more? <laughs> yeah, I think it's always really good to have uh, creators and and uh, community runners on, on the show. I think it's really good to see uh, the people who, who do the really hard work of creating this stuff, like building a whole setting from the ground up and then creating and balancing a system Holy, that is a lot of work, and just the the minutiae of like the you know various ways all these systems interact. Wow, uh, I think these guys uh, deserve all the kudos they get, and and need even more kind of exposure. I think as well, and also just getting like kind of the uh, the the point of view of people that have been immersed in that one mm. thing for months, years. You know what I mean? Like we can we can kind of flit in and out of of this as a, as a hobby or a game, but they're they're in 
like yeah. inside the skin through every aspect of it from start to finish and to get kind of that uh, idea of like where they come from is just really helpful. What a cool job to have. So exciting. <laughs> right? What it's a cool so job exciting. we have. And that they, I know. They're happy to talk to us, you know. Yeah. It really fosters this sense of community and celebration of, hey, we made a thing, you enjoy the thing. And and you know that brings us all kind of together. I mean, I can't I can't thank uh, RTG enough. Jay Gray, who's their social media ambassador, has been just an amazing guy. Like both for us and other people in the community, letting them have an early look at the game, taking the time to answer our questions, even during this kind of frantic period where they were trying to get the book out, he was just always available and always just so patient and friendly with us and obviously setting up this interview as well and then just being so supportive of the content itself uh you know uh signal boosting it and just being really supportive and complimentary just they're a great company and everyone there has been so good to us so i i just think it bears repeating thank you so much yeah. Buy your copy of Cyberpunk Red. Don't <laughs> download it Sorry. illegally. Sorry, I thought it was just you going, buy. No, no, <laughs> consume. I mean, it is, but also um, please support these companies. They yeah. they yeah. need your support, they want your support, and they deserve your support. Yeah. So yeah. support them. Couldn't have done it without it, them. If you're excited about 2077 coming out, and who isn't, these are the guys who made this world that, that made Cyberpunk 2077 possible. They are fans. It's also something of that they're, they're looking at doing, which is potentially making a 2077 source book. Cool. Um, because they, they recently, um, Talzorian posted out a tweet where they said, What would you guys really like to see next? And the ideas were. You know, uh, an armory, uh, 2077 source book, Night City 2045, and another one. But that was, um, and the 2077 source book had about almost close to 50% of the vote. So maybe if, you look if you at want it. them to do that, buy the book so that they have vested interest in doing more. Yeah, I mean, the, this is just the beginning, right? So with something like this that comes out, you have the core book and then we get into the chrome, we get into the weapons, you know, class yeah. books, source books. Uh, it's a very exciting time to be into Cyberpunk Red. And of course, the final thing that we need to mention is what's next yeah. for Roll to Cast, which well, is... Uh, you handle that. Oh, next season, which is, uh, <laughs> we've, you know, we, we've let the cat out, cat out of the bag a few times, but we can once again officially say it as a group. We are doing the uh, Pulp Cthulhu system. By Chaosium Inc., where I'll be taking, I'll be taking the role of the keeper, and I'll be taking Ellen, Phil, Chris, and uh, the gentleman who's been responsible for all the music you've heard on uh, Roll to Cast, Mr. Paul Goodman, will also be a new player. So uh, I have the um, the unenviable task of taking uh, four <laughs> members of the United Nations because they all come from somewhere completely different, all with wacky accents. <laughs> um, if you yeah, if you want to hear a uh, a Frenchman, a Norwegian, a Italian, New Yorkian, New and uh, an uh, uh, an Irish priest <laughs> and together the in a room, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walk that- into a pub. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and shoot Cthulhu in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that'll be coming in two weeks' time. We get the uh, we get the ball running. And it's gonna be it's gonna be something different, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm excited, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah man. I'm I'm happy for all of you to see. I'm really I'm we're raring to go. <laughs> yeah, there's more there's more RTs, uh, more rollscasts on the horizon. Stick <sighs> around. All right, well. Until that time, thank you guys for coming along. And I have been Spitfire James, Sean. Thank you so much. I've been Sprocket Volkov or Ellen. I've been Chris Bond, a.k.a. Wax. I've been Phil, the GM. Subscribe. Follow us. Enjoy. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye now.
Roll to Cast Feed the Beast is a Baby Beard Media production. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all our podcasts are on Spreaker, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash babybeard. Cyberpunk Red and all associated properties are trademark R. Telsorian Games, used with permission. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.